Please check out my website to follow me on all my latest TV appearances, Paracons, and my upcoming 2021 lecture tour. Also follow me on social media at Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist on Facebook, or the Cajun Ministry on Facebook. Also, Instagram and Twitter under Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist, and thank all of you for your support. Existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension, there lies an unseen world. A world that exists just beyond the veil of darkness. A world that should be left undisturbed. You're listening to the Cajun Demonology Podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. Thank you for tuning in to the Cajun Demonologist. I am your host, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. Well, it is a wonderful day here deep in the south of the swamps of southern Louisiana. Hope you all are having a great day as well. Today, I want to talk about something that I think everyone could benefit from. We're going to talk about energy and how it affects our lives. So as we all know, there are two types of energy. You have positive energy and you have negative energy. It's very important to understand that energy is going to feed off of itself. Well, Jeremy, that's great and everything, but what are you talking about? Well, let me explain it. Let's use this as an example. We wake up in the morning. We stomp our toe getting out of the bed. Well, we just know we're going to have a crappy day, right? Right. But do we know the reason why? Here's the catch. Negative energy is going to attract and feed off of negative energy. So, the fact that we stomped our toe early in the morning and we say to ourselves we're going to have a bad day, well, we already set that in motion. So, what do I mean by that? By having a negative reaction, of course, you're going to attract more negativity. On the other hand, let's say we wake up in the morning, we go to the store, get some coffee, it's smelling good, tastes all right, and we go to leave the store and we open the door for a little old lady and she says, well, thank you, sweetheart, I appreciate it. Well, you feel good inside, right? Right. So then you think, well, it's going to be a good day. Well, in fact, it is going to be a good day. Do you know why? Correct. You set in motion a positive thought. So naturally, throughout the day, positive vibes are going to be attracted to you. This is a practice that I practice quite often. Now, let's remember this. We are human. 
okay? We have bad days. Sometimes we set off on the right foot, but somewhere along the line, the day takes a turn for the worst. Well, think about this. I always tell clients that no matter how bad a situation is, whether it's losing someone you cared deeply for in your life, maybe your spouse or you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it may be, well, you think your life is over. There's nothing left to live for. We've all been there. No need denying it. Well, here's a thought. I promise you this, that somewhere along the line, you will have something very positive happen to you in your life that could not have taken place if it wouldn't have been for that breakup or losing a loved one or whatever the case may be. See, the law of the universe is this. Opposite attracts. So, what do I mean by that? Well, here's an example. Like I said before, if something bad happens in life, then you have to have the opposite happen as well. So without bad, there can't be good. Without good, there can't be bad. I know, it gets a little confusing. I read a book a long time ago. I was going through a very rough time in my life. And I happened to be watching, I don't know, one of the talk shows or whatever during the day. And I heard them talk about a book called The Secret. It piqued my interest. And I was hearing all these testimonials on this show about how The Secret changed everyone's lives. And of course, at that point, I am deep in my waist in misery, okay? There's nothing but negativity around me. Anything positive I didn't want anything to do with. Nobody wants no holly jollies around here. This is not a place to be happy. Well, I decided to get the book. I went down to my local bookstore. Sure enough, they had it. I bought it. I read it. And it blew my mind. Imagine having anything you want in life. All you have to do is live your life as if it's already happened. Now, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, right. But here's the thing. We all wish for things, right? But we do not live our lives as if we've already gotten everything that we want. So you have to, if you want a new car, for an example, you have to imagine that car in your mind. See, when you imagine things in your mind, it makes it what? More real to us, correct? Yes. So in that case, it's easier for that thought to manifest into something physical. But here's the key. It may take us a year to actually get that car that we want. But if we live our life every day, Think about that car. Think about sitting in that driver's seat, turning that ignition, hearing that motor run, feel the vibration underneath you. If you do this on a daily basis, then slowly but surely, your wish will manifest into something physical. It's very interesting. 
I didn't believe it neither, but I promise you, you practice this, it will come to fruition. Now, I want to talk about how positive energy and negative energy affect the paranormal world. For an example, we all know that the paranormal world these days are a very negative place, right? You don't have to look far to find it. All you got to do is look on Facebook. Everybody's downing someone else. You know, they're talking bad about this one and that one. This one doesn't know how to investigate the correct way. My way is the correct way. Or another trend that we've seen lately on Facebook is everybody wants to be somebody. Look, you can't knock people for that. Okay? We all want to be somebody. I don't care if you try to play it off that you don't. You know deep down inside, that's not true. Everyone wants to be somebody. But the fact is, the reason why the paranormal field is so negative is have have we ever stopped and thought, you know, we go into all these abandoned haunted locations. We're communicating with spirits which are what? Energy. So you have positive spirits, but then you also have dark spirits or dark entities. Well, think about this. When we were kids, or even now, I'm sure we all had bonfires, right? Or, you know, smokers. Let's use that for an example. People that smoke, okay, their clothes smell like cigarettes, correct? Because the smoke gets into the fabric of your clothes. And it takes a little while to get that smoky smell out of your clothes. Same way with going into these locations. We go into a haunted location that has a lot of negative energy. Well, your body is going to absorb some of that energy. And it's going to take a couple of days for that energy to recite. So then negative energy starts to mess with our minds and our way of thinking and all of this kind of stuff. So naturally, when we leave our investigation and go back to our everyday happy lives, we still have that negativity within us. So we see somebody else on Facebook posting about all this wonderful location they done this great evidence that they found you know blah 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 well I'm feeling negative so I'm gonna try to debunk this person and show them I know more than they do it's truth it's fact I see it every day and another thing that I like to point out too is You either fill yourself with positive energy or negative energy. See, here's the key. Positive and negative energy cannot coexist. They cannot occupy the same space at the same time. It's impossible. And what I mean by that is your heart, your soul. What makes you unique to being you? And what makes you unique from everyone else are different than anyone else. So, it's very important to be aware of energy around you. Now, 
Another thing I'd like to point out, too, is obsession. Obsession is a type of energy. It's a type of mindset. See, we really need to get into the habit of understanding that our brains, every time we think, there's these little electrical pulses that go off in our brains, which is energy, correct? Yes. Well, we all know that energy never dies. It just transforms itself from one state to another. So it turns into the vibration that we put off or the energy that we put off. Now, different people, depending on what type of energy they choose to have in their life has a very unique perspective on the world around them. The way you see the world is going to be totally different than your neighbor sees the world. And why is that? Because we perceive the world in our thoughts. And if we see the world in a very negative light, well, guess what? It's going to be very hard to find something positive in the world because why? Because negative energy is going to feed off of negative energy. Huh, now we're getting somewhere. So on the other hand, someone that's very lighthearted, always finds the good and the bad, you know, they're going to enjoy life and see life very different than someone who sees it through a negative light. Hmm. Starting to make sense, I think. So, as a demonologist, I will tell you this. It's very important that you understand these traits. Because demons have certain Uh, let's just say patterns or calling cards. When dealing with demonic cases, we have to always make sure that, in fact, that is what we are dealing with. So it's very important to understand energy and how it functions because this, demons, which is what? Negative energy, correct? Bingo. Negative energy will try to do what? Manipulate our train of thought. It will try to put us in a negative train of thought. That way we attract what? Negative energy to ourselves. Which demons are what? Negative energy. So that gives them a doorway. Or a way to invite themselves into your life. You see... Demons have rules. Well, Jeremy, what are you talking about? Demons have rules. That's crazy. Well, believe what you will. But here's the thing. If you go back through folklores and legends throughout history, and let me throw this out, vampires for an example. A vampire cannot enter someone's home unless they are what? Invited. Okay? So... That part of the myth and legend of vampires actually comes from demonic entities. A demon cannot just enter into your life. 
In other words, she can't see you walking down the road and say, Mmm, that's a tasty human. I want to possess them. It doesn't work that way. A demon has to be invited into your life. And remember, demons are negative energy. So if someone fills himself with positivity and lives a positive life, it's going to be a lot harder for a demon to gain a right as an R-I-T-E, same as right of exorcism, into your life. On the other hand, if you're a very negative person, well, you're always going to think of the worst of no matter what the situation is. I happen to know a few of them myself. Then it's going to be a lot easier for that entity to get into your life. So it's very important to understand that. In a way, that is your protection. See, a lot of people I know, they have different rituals on how they protect themselves whenever they're going on a paranormal investigation or prepare for spiritual warfare. Um, Some people use uh, crucifix, um, you know, holy water, oil, blessed oil, frankincense, uh, You know, people from other belief systems will use crystals, uh, stones, um, different things like that. Now, whether you're from a Christian background like I am, or if you're more like a pagan background or whatever the case may be, we all have different ways of protecting ourselves. Now, here's the key, at least in my opinion, of protecting yourself. Like, for an example, I will wear a crucifix. Now, that is just an object, nothing more. But it's my belief in that object that makes it sacred or special. So truly believing in something is the key. So, hey... If you got a pencil in your pocket and you truly believe that pencil is going to protect you from everything in the world, well, guess what? Facts are, there's a good chance that it will because you truly believe in that. Now, another thing I would like to point out is when dealing with demonic entities, you know, the weak-minded in general... They will always try to attack the weak-minded. Demons are cowards. They're always going to go for the person that they think that they can defeat. In other words, hey, if you're walking down the road and you see a big six-foot-five guy, big bodybuilder, you're not going to go up to him and just slap him in the face unless you're crazy because the chances are he's probably going to whoop your tail, right? But then again, here's this little wimpy guy, five-foot-three, you know, 100 pounds at the max. Well, we could take him pretty easily, right? So naturally, we're going to try to pick the the uh, opponent that is least threatening to us. I mean, that's common. I mean, that's common sense. Well, same way with these entities. They are very, very clever. So if you have a strong will or a very positive will, then it's going to be a lot harder for them to gain access into your life than if you're very weak-minded. And that is so important to understand when you're dealing with spiritual warfare. If you are a person that is 
very weak-minded and you do not have a strong will. In other words, people can convince you to do things or feel a certain way, even though you know you probably shouldn't or feel a certain way, then demonology or spiritual warfare is not the place for you. A lot of people have this fantasy about demonology in general that it's like, oh man, that's so cool. He's a demonologist. You know, he deals with demons. That's so awesome. I want to learn how to do that. No, you do not. That is Hollywood or the world, whatever it may be to make you think that being a demonologist is not cool in any way, shape, or form. It is a very hard life. I mean, think about this. You get into a fight, again, you beat him up. Well, naturally, he's going to want revenge on you, right? And he's going to wait. He is going to get his revenge. Same concept here with these entities. If you do spiritual warfare with them, you defeat them. Well, guess what? They want revenge. And they will wait to get that revenge. So, it's very important to understand that once you cross that threshold into spiritual warfare, there's no turning back. In other words, you do this for, you know, five or ten years, and all of a sudden you get this real bad case and, and that you was not prepared for, and all these bad things happen. And you decide, you know what, I can't go through that again. I'm not going to do this anymore. Guess what? You are in a lot of trouble because that's when they will strike when you are at your most vulnerable. So it's very important to understand that if you want to get into this, and I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, I don't know who you are as a person. Only you know that. But if you do it for glitz and glamour and public opinion and all of those kind of things, well, guess what? You can deceive the world on the reasons why you chose to get into spiritual warfare. But you cannot deceive the entities. They will see right through you and they will strike you where it hurts the most. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Cajun Demonologist. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning into the Cajun Demonologist Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. Hope you are all having a great day. It is very cold down here deep in the swamps of southern Louisiana, so if it's cold where you are, I hope you stay very warm. Today, we're going to talk about the first stage of demonic possession, which would be infestation. So, there's three stages to a, uh, a uh, demonic haunting or possession. Well, it starts out as a haunting and ends up as a possession. Uh, the first stage would be infestation. The second stage would be oppression, which means that the entity is oppressing that person, trying to isolate them, break them down, break their will, which will eventually lead into possession, 
Well, today we're going to talk about the first stage, which is infestation, which means you have somehow invited this entity into your life. And now it is going to try to disrupt your life as much as possible. Um, So how is a demonic haunting different than a earthbound spirit haunting? Well, first of all, it's important for you to understand that demons in general do not want to haunt homes. That is not what they do. They want to haunt people. They want to inhabit people, possess them. However, you have to understand that the world of uh, demonology, dealing with demonic entities, uh, spiritual beings, if you will, is very complex. There are exceptions to the rule. In other words, if someone practices cult magic, such and forth, conjures something up, a lot of times they will bound the spirit or this entity um, to an object or a place. That is how that entity will haunt just a home instead of a person. But then it will still have to gain access or permission or be invited into a person's life. Yes, I know. It gets very complex. Trust me. Just trying to explain it um, is very hard in itself because I know as I was learning demonology, a lot of the terms and everything just seemed so hard for me to understand. It was so hard for me to pick up on. And that's what I'm wanting to do for you guys. I'm wanting to simplify everything and actually make it easy to understand so your average person can understand uh, the pros and the cons of demonology and how dangerous it can be and, you know, what life is like being a demonologist. Um, I want to be real here on this podcast. I, I don't want to present myself as something I'm not. Look, I am a normal person. Well, Okay, so I'm not normal. I am a very, eh, eh, out there person. Let's just say I have quite a personality, but there is a reason why I have this personality. Okay, um, I have to juggle my life, you know, it's like a seesaw. Um, I can't let too much negative energy get to me. So, you know, I have to really counterbalance that. And sometimes it can become quite tricky. And as I said in the first podcast, I am a human being. It does happen. You have bad days. You do let negativity take over sometimes. But you know what? Here's the key. Sometimes when we fall off the horse, what do we do? We just got to jump back on the horse again, right? Right. So, um, look, also, I would like to say this real quick. Um, wow, guys, thank you for um, tuning in and listening to my last podcast. That was my very first podcast. I had 16 people actually listen to it. <laughs> I know that does not sound a lot, but you know what? Look, there's thousands of people out there that has podcasts nowadays. Um, you know, everybody wants to get out there, get their message heard, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, hey, I'm thrilled. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic with 16. Uh, If we can make 17 out of this podcast right here, then, you know, we're growing. So that, and that's what we want. Um, You know, as I said last week, um, this channel here, look, even though it's called the Demonologist Radio, the Cajun Demonologist, which is more my name than anything. um, Look, I have interest in cryptozoology, myth, folklore, legends, UFOs, you name it. I love it. I love life in general. And guess what? That's always a good way to approach life, is it not? 
All right, so let's just dive into this, shall we? So infestation, how do we get infestation into our lives? Well, glad you asked that question because I am going to try my best to answer this. All right, so when we're dealing with demonic entities, demons per se, um, they have rules. As crazy as that sounds, they have rules. You see, a demon cannot interfere with what? The gift that God gave us, which is our own free will, right? Okay, so a demon cannot invade our own free will. They have to be invited into our lives. In other words, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I went to this house and now I think I got something following me home. It's a demon, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's the thing you have to understand. Demons have to be invited into your life. Let's use... I don't know. Let's use vampire folklore for an example. So if you ever watch any of the old vampire movies, you know that a vampire cannot enter your home unless it's invited in by you correctly. It will stand at your doorway and wait to be invited in. Well, that myth, that folklore vampires originated from what? Demonic entities, right? Okay, so... They have to be invited into your life. Now, here's the catchy part. This is the part that gets really, really complex. You see, how would you invite a demon into your life? You ask yourself. Well, here we go. So, first I'm going to talk to the paranormal field in general. Okay, uh, which would be paranormal investigators, ghost hunters, uh, ghost enthusiasts, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Anytime you communicate with a spirit in general, you are taking a risk. Why? Because you don't know what that spirit actually is. And I know what you're saying right now. Well, I've investigated hundreds of places and i talked to hundreds of thousands of spirits and nothing's ever bothered me yet. Correct. The key word is yet. Okay, so you have to understand a demon is not going to present itself as something evil. No, it's not going to happen. They're going to present themselves as something likable, something very unthreatening. That way, you will let their guard, you will let your guard down and open yourself up to this spirit by getting personal with it. So then you're going to start asking, hey, you know, who's my uncle? What's my uncle's name? Um, who am I going to marry? You know, that kind of thing. That is when you're inviting a entity into your life. And that is when the first stage of possession, which is infestation, shall begin. Now, here's the key that most paranormal investigators do, whether they're doing it knowingly or not. They're communicating with a spirit through a spirit box or something like that. They don't get personal about themselves. They're usually asking questions about who are you? What do you want here? Why are you bothering this family? Those kind of things. That is usually the kind of questions that I usually see in general with paranormal investigators investigating. Which, guess what? You're protecting yourself by doing that because 
you may be actually communicating with a dark malevolent entity or something like that, but you're not getting personal with it. You're not opening yourself up to it, which is a good thing. Excuse me. Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. Look, I'm still suffering from a little bit of a cold here. Um, now let's address people that are not into the paranormal field. You know, your average Joe, you know, your average Jane that watches occasional paranormal show and stuff like that. And they really enjoy it. They like the whole paranormal thing, even though they don't go out and talk to dead people. Okay. So this is what happens. Um, how can you invite a demon into your life? Well, let's use... Hey, I tell you what, let's use the old wicked board for an example, the Ouija board. Okay. Ooh, that's such an evil board. You know, that everything that comes through that board is a demon. No, it's not. Look, let, let's, let me explain something to you. A Ouija board is no more than cardboard. Okay, with either a plastic or wooden dial with a bunch of numbers on it. That is all a Ouija board is. It's a, it's a, it's a random object. Okay. That's all it is. It is your intent on how you use that object that makes it very dangerous. Okay. So again, you're using that to communicate with the dead, which means you're opening up that little portal right there. You're trying to communicate with the afterlife. Now, what happens is again, you become personal with the spirit that you're communicating with. Why? Because you think it's Aunt Jane or Uncle Bob. So, of course, you're going to be personal with it, right? But you don't know that's for sure who you are dealing with. Again, remember, demons are not going to present themselves as this big, nasty, frightening thing that most people think when they think of a demon. They're not going to do that. They're going to present themselves as a little girl or Uncle Bob or Aunt Jane. And then you say, well, you know, I'll just ask it questions that only my Aunt Jane would know. See, that's where you're wrong. These things know everything. They can dig into your psyche and know exactly what you're thinking. If you do not shield yourself or protect yourself. But guess what? When you're asking these personal questions, you're not protecting yourself. So to that entity, it's like a big projector screen. It just gets put up on the wall. Oh, you want to know where did my Aunt Jane live? Well, she lived in Louisiana. Where at? Oh, oh let's see. Oh, she lived in Ponchatoula. You know, it's that simple. They know everything. You cannot hide your thoughts from them unless you are protected. Okay? And when you get personal with the spirit... You are not protecting yourself. So, that is when infestations will start. Um, Alright, so, another thing is that we could do, other than playing with Ouija board, well, let's just say, oh, I don't play with Ouija board, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I got you, I got you. So, how about this? <clears throat> um, you know, tarot cards, an example. Look, I know lots of people that use tarot cards. And do I consider them evil people, you know, Satanists, blah, blah, blah? No, okay? Because I look past a stereotype, all right? Which a lot of people should probably practice doing more and more nowadays. But again, those people that use those tarot cards, 
They know how to use them tarot cards. They understand the point of protecting themselves, okay? Now, the person that's getting the reading done, they may not know that. They may not know or understand um, how to protect themselves. So, look, it doesn't just go by, you know, Ouija boards, tarot cards, uh, you know, things like that. Anytime you... Open yourself up to a spirit. Ah, ah, let's use this for an example. I once did a case one time where a woman, she was not a paranormal investigator or anything like that. Um, she really didn't even have no interest in the paranormal while she went to a plantation. And she captured a, what she believed to be an orb. An orb is like a little round uh, light energy that you see in infrared or in camera flashes, things like that. But guess what? It was not an orb. It was nothing more than a speck of dirt. Okay. If anyone knows, if you have dirt flying in the air, objects, you take flash, it shows up as this ball of light kind of thing. Um, it was not an orb at all, but yet she attracted something very dark into her life. Well, you ask, well, if it was just dust, then how does she attract something into your life? She became obsessed with this photograph. And anytime you become obsessed with anything like that, or anything in general, when you become obsessed with something, it completely takes over your life. You become a shining beacon, like a lighthouse in a sea of darkness. And all them dark spirits are going to see that light, and they're going to follow that light. Do you know why that is? Because they are a negative type energy and they need to feed off of something, which is negative energy. Now, not all of these spirits are going to be demons. You have evil spirits, you have bad spirits, and then you have demons. There are a difference. They are not the same. Okay, so I'm glad that we finally got the complicated part out of the way. So let's start with signs of a demonic infestation, which means you have already invited it into your life. Now it is in your home. Now, how can we tell the difference between a demonic haunting and an earthbound spirit haunting? Well, that gets kind of complex too, but demons have traits. They have signs. They have calling cards, if you will. Um, one, Demonic hauntings are very destructive. Um, with an earthbound spirit, yeah, you might have a little Coke can roll across the floor. You might hear voices every once in a while. You might hear a little creep, a little noise, things like that. The reason that is because, in theory, earthbound spirits have to draw energy from something to be able to manifest themselves. Um, on the other hand, demonic entities do not. They do not have to pull energy from anything. They are very powerful. They are very destructive. Now, what can happen is, um, look, you can have a wash machine get thrown across a room. Uh, an earthbound spirit is not going to really be able to do that. A demonic entity can Okay, so now that we, we understand the difference between uh, the power of an earthbound spirit and the power of a demonic spirit, let's jump into it a little bit deeper. So, um, classic signs that I ran across that would deal with demonic hauntings. Let's see. Uh, you want to look for random patterns and things like, you may hear knocking in the wall, for an example. But it seems to happen at the same time every day. It's almost like clockwork. You'll hear knockings in the wall. Sometimes it may be 
three knocks. One, two, three. Then you'll hear it again. One, two, three. And this may go on for three minutes. Okay? And then it stops. So what do we have here? We have three, 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 which is what? The opposite of six, six, six. See, you have to understand demonic entities are going to mock Christianity, all right? They're going to mock the Trinity, which is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's their whole purpose. That's what they do. They mock them. Uh, it's, you know, it's a hatred thing for them. Um, so that's why also with that being said, if you have any religious items in your home, like crucifixes, things like that, um, they may end up on the floor, uh, things like that, sometimes broken, you know, things like that. But, but here's the key with that as well. Uh, once you invite that spirit into your life, again, it sees into your mind. It knows whether, you know, your belief in, in Christianity or the, cre- the belief in Jesus Christ. You know, it knows all of those things. And if, if that doesn't feel like a threat to him, in other words, if you don't have really any faith with that, if it's just an, uh, an, uh, an inanimate object, then it's not going to feel threatened. So, yeah, it's probably not going to fall off the wall. But if you are a true believer, and then that's when you'll see, you know, religious relics and things like that fall or disappear or be broke, those kind of things. Um, let's see, another thing is the smell. Um, demonics have a very distinct smell. It's a very potent smell. And once you smell it, um, you'll always recognize that smell. Um, any how, Look, I can walk into a house and immediate, uh, if I smell that smell, then guess what? I'm already 50% sure that we could be dealing with something demonic at that point because it is such a unique, potent smell. It is literally the smell of, a lot of people say it smells like sulfur, um, and I can see where they would say that, but to me, it smells more like a rotting egg type smell. Um, yeah, it's kind of like rotting egg and boiled eggs at the same time. You ever boiled eggs and you run the cold water on it when you're peeling it, you know, just that smell, but add rotting eggs in there with that smell as well. Um, that's kind of what it smells like. And not only that, when you walk into a home that has that smell, you're going to have that very ominous type feeling like, oh, I just got to get out of here. I don't want to be in this house. I don't know why, but I just don't want to be in this house. It just seems dark and so sad, so angry. You know, whatever the reason is, your intuition, your subconscious mind, it's going to, you know, kind of try to put you in, in, in uh, flight or fight mode, uh, which means it's a primal instinct saying, hey, you need to either fight or you need to get the hell out of here. So you don't need to be in this house. All right, so that, that's a very common thing as well. Um, look, here's another one. And we have to make sure that I try my best to separate this from sleep paralysis to actual demonic type nightmares. All right, sleep paralysis is something we deal with a lot. Um, a lot of people get sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is when you're sleeping and your brain and your eyes wake up before your body does. It will leave you with the feeling of being paralyzed. Uh, it will really 
freak you out if you don't know what you're experiencing. Some people have hallucinations because at that moment when you wake up and you can't move, you feel like something's holding you down, then your brain goes into overload at that point, which can cause hallucinations. But usually within, you know, 30 seconds or so, your body's woke up and, you know, it's over and done with. Um, Now, demonic type dreams. Demonic dreams is if you have an infestation in your house, and this also goes for the point of oppression too, but I don't want to make it too complicated. Um, You may have these violent dreams um, every night, and it's the same dream every night that just keeps reoccurring. Um, And it's frightening. Um, I've experienced this dream before myself. Um, do I have an infestation? No, but you got to understand I go and do battle with these things. So they try to get revenge. Um, so, and a lot of times you may see the entity. Um, sometimes you want, you just know it's there. It's almost as if it's chasing you, uh, and you're trying to get away, but you can't just get away. And it's the same dream over and over again. It's not, it doesn't change. It's basically the same pattern, um, over and over again. Uh, so that can also be a signs of a demonic infestation. Um, another thing that you may see, and this gets reported a lot, is shadow people. Now, to me, shadow people is a very interesting uh, phenomenon. Uh, sometimes it doesn't always deal with demonic entities. Um, sometimes it's just a real negative energy um, that basically becomes self-aware. But we'll get into that again at another time. So let me just tell it from the demonic point of view. Excuse me. <coughs> so shadow people. Shadow people usually appear as a solid black shadow. Um, sometimes it could also be a dog. Um, sometimes it's a big blob. In other words, it's just a round shadowy mist that really doesn't have no figures. Um, now, when you're looking for a demonic type shadow figures. One thing you maybe want to looking for, like is if you see a shadow person in a human figure, but it's only half the body, maybe it's cut off at the waist, there's no legs or anything, but it has arms and a head. Or maybe it's a full body uh, apparition that's a black shadow figure, but it doesn't have a head, you know, things like that, or it doesn't have any arms. And the reason that is, is because demonic entities can't take the perfect form of a human being. They have rules they have to go by, just like they can't interfere with your free will. Well, they can't take the perfect form of one of God's beautiful creations, which is us. Well, they can mimic us very, very carefully now. I have seen one demonic entity in my life in the physical form, and he had every body part except he didn't have a nose. He didn't have ears or a mouth or anything like that. There was only eyes. Now, he did not appear to me as a shadow figure. He appeared to me as a solid figure, just like a solid human being. But uh, they can't take the forms of shadow figures and things like that. Now, how do dogs come... uh, from this, a lot of times when you have demonic type hauntings, especially uh, if you have young children in your home, they will say they see the mean man with the black dog. A lot of times, uh, these entities are shown to kids with black dogs. Um, so, if you ever hear your child or grandchild or someone like that say, uh, Mama, the mean man's after me with a black dog, 
Well, we may not want to just rub that off. We may actually have something going on there because it's important to understand that kids can see spirits a lot easier than we can. And the reason being is because kids are pure of heart. Okay, they don't understand the concept of what's real and what's not. They only see what's there. Okay, us on the other hand, we let society and the world train our brains to think certain ways and see certain things certain ways because we are being programmed. Children, on the other hand, are not. They are innocent. They only see what's there. They don't know that ghosts are not real. So they see and do communicate with ghosts. That's very common for young children around the age two, three, four, around that age group. So just because your child says she's playing with Jill doesn't mean that you need to be alarmed, okay? If it starts to become of a negative nature, then you should be alarmed. In other words, during the daytime, her and Jill plays good together, but in the nighttime, all of a sudden, Jill becomes Janet, which is very mean to her. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? All right, so, all right, we have that. So let's see what else. uh, Scratches, um, scratches, bite marks, things like that is very common in demonic type hauntings. Um, You know, What you also would want to look for is, you know, the attitude of of you as a family in a home. Like if you got a husband and a wife and y'all are just cutthroat and hate each other's guts while you're in that house. And you leave that house and, you know, you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe what I was thinking. That's absolutely crazy. Well, you know, you may be being influenced by something uh, way more powerful than you think. So it's always important to pay attention to those things. All right, uh, let me see what else I'm thinking about here. All right, so we covered the pattern of three, all right, which is the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And also, you need to understand a lot of times um, those type uh, things are going to happen between three uh, midnight and 3 a.m., which they call the witching hour. Um, so pay attention to those kind of things. Um, you know, I think this... That's just the basics. I can't really dive too deep into this uh, because I don't want to overload people's brains. I want them to be able to understand. Look, the whole goal of me doing this podcast is to teach uh, Demonology 101. Basically, we're not even going to call it Demonology. Spiritual Warfare 101 or or Spirit uh, Understanding 101. Something like that. Uh, Because, you know, a lot of people feel that when they're being oppressed by a a demon or they have an infestation of a demon, they feel hopeless. They feel that there's no one out there that can help them. And a lot of times when, you know, I take on a case, you know, I get that vibe from them. They doesn't think that anybody can help them because people have tried in the past and they failed. Um, You know, but the thing is you can help them. And what's even more spectacular than that, the people themselves have the power to rid themselves of this intrusion into their life. They just don't know how. Okay, and they they think it has to be something very complex, you know, like a secret uh, prayer or something like that, you know, specific words or whatever to get rid of these things. You know, they think it's a lot harder than it actually is. Um, But we're going to get into that later. I know y'all are probably tired of hearing me say that. Um, 
But you do. You know, you have to always understand there is hope out there. You're not alone. Uh, God always puts something in your path to help you in life. Look, just like I said last week about, you know, negative positive energy. You know, even a bad situation, no matter how bad it is, you're going to have something that is going to be created on a very positive side from that direct bad, um, you know, bad thing that has happened to you. Something very good will come out of it. Is it going to happen the same day? Probably not. Is it going to happen tomorrow? Probably not. It might be two weeks from now. It may be a year from now. But I promise you, when that time happens, you will look back and say, wow. I couldn't be where I'm at right now if that bad thing did not happen to me. Um, So look, thank you guys for tuning in. And listen, there is a way on here that you can send me messages, comments on whether you like the show or not, um, opinions on what I can do to to make the show better. Do you feel that I'm jumping around too much? Um, not giving enough information? Those kind of things. You know, look, I don't mind having critical um, comments and things like that. But when we get down to the just hateful stuff and things like that, well, guess what? I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I am not one of these people that feels that I have to uh, comment on everything negative that is said about me or anything like that. And the reason why is because I am so confident in myself and who I am as a person and what I do that I do not have to worry about what other people think. I know my abilities. I know my heart. I know all of these things. And I am perfectly happy being me. So with that being said, let's try to practice the same thing. Let's be happy being who we are and not worrying about what the world thinks. Uh, You're never going to please anybody, and I think we all know that. But anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning into this. I am very excited about this podcast and where it's going to go in the future. Um, But guess what? I can't do it without you guys, which is the audience. You are the number one. Y'all are what's most important to me. I want to make this fun for you guys as well as for me. I want to do this together. I want y'all to interact with me. Give me, you know, topics you want to talk about. Those kind of things. Whatever the case may be. Let's do it together as one. And let's be positive. Thank you for listening to the Cajun Demonologist. Until next time. Have a wonderful day. Are you interested in learning demonology? Or are you just curious about the subject? I now offer an online demonology and spiritual warfare 101 course. Throughout this course, you will gain the knowledge that you need to successfully combat the forces of darkness. For more information, Message me on Facebook at Jeremy Leonard or email me at ghostquestparanormal at ymail.com. Check out Cajun Hut Jewelry. We have a wide selection of St. Michael and St. Benedict protection bracelets as well as horseshoe crosses. Each piece is handmade with you in mind. Check us out at Cajun Hut Jewelry. Find us on Facebook at Cajun Hut Jewelry. Check out our website at CajunHutJewelry.org.